Hello, happy Saturday, everyone. Welcome to Behind the Couch. Dr. Shiloh, I'm here with, whoa, this guy. Right <laughs> hey, hey, everybody, it's Dr. <laughs> Scott with it's playing with Snapchat filter. So, like, who knows what, what, what what's going to yeah. happen? You guys have actually missed the real, like, pregame show. <laughs> with, with I was trying out different eye colors. Oh my gosh, people are popping on. Yay. Do the Amy Winehouse one again. Oh god, I had to I had to go deep into Snapchat for that. <laughs> oh, that's okay. That's all right. That's all right. Uh did we go live on Facebook? Because I'm nuts. Um, yep, the link went out. Hey Jason. Ooh, get vocal. Sent us a hundred Bitcoin. Thanks. Oh my god. Oh Esther. We're excited for your Hello. show. Thank you. Hey Esther. So tonight is going to be all sorts. <laughs> Mila Cabello and Sean Mendez together. <laughs> Esther, you're like you are racking up some points, lady. Let me tell you, some I know. good points. Very kind. <laughs> we have um, a really cool show today, and I found some even cooler stuff like right before we hopped on. So um, yes, we see. Well, okay, so Hollywood Paranormal is going to be joining us. I did see you guys, and then Bryce, I see you on there. So we're going to have them hop on in just a moment. But first, um, we got to do our patron shout out. So I'll go first this time. We want to thank our new patrons who are Nicole H., Leslie B., Michelle, what's up, Michelle? Thank you. Wes, personal friend and colleague, fellow negotiator, Wes. Uh, Mary G and Bridget Y. Thank you guys so much. And Scott has some to read as well. So thank you to Melissa, Kelly M, Tia M, Death by Champagne, the Champagne Ladies. I, I heart, heart, heart them so much. Kristen K, Kristen K, and Megan C. Uh, I I can't believe you guys are, are subscribing, but you're the best. And I'm telling you, Shiloh and I have had multiple conversations about like we got to make sure that we are raising the bar and you know giving your money's worth. So mm-hmm. um, thank you, and we're going to endeavor to add even more content and stuff to make it worth your while. But thank you for showing up on a on a Saturday afternoon and early evening, wherever you are. Yeah. It's been fun seeing people um, get their challenge coins too and posting them. So right, Esther, I mean, morph, you know, they're, they're challenge coins, not badges, but. <laughs> I kind of, you know what I kind of have, like, I, I don't like, okay, I'm going to be very careful about how I say this, but you know, in our episode on stalking, mm-hmm. I tell the story of Dominic from Lord of the Rings that I, you know, I had spent hours in a dark room watching hours and hours and hours of interviews with him. And when I accidentally ran into him on the street, I had this like weird glitch in my brain. Like I knew him. And of course he's like, who's this freak talking to me. Um, so anyway, I just want to like say, I, not that I'm anywhere on the level of Dominic Monaghan, nor will I ever be, but I can't wait till I see each and every one of you in person, like Esther, Shannon, like I can't wait till we get back to uh, to live conventions so that we can see people because this is a great community. Same, yeah. It's going to feel a lot different. It's going to be great. So, what are you guys doing this weekend? This this is normally the um, weekend that I go to my one 
annual EDM festival. Yes, I know I'm in my 40s, but I literally lay down like a thousand. I I lay down like a thousand dollars for a cabana, so you know I don't have to be like (laughs) near people too much. (laughs) But I'm so sad it's not happening. Uh, (laughs) Scott, are your eyebrows real? Esther, you are the best. Are they a filter? No, that's, I don't know. Maybe that's part of the filter. I thought this was just the sun-kissed filter. Oh, my gosh. Plus this. This is, like, the greatest thing I've ever invested in. Look, guys. Like, eight bucks on Amazon. Oh, one side's gold, one side's silver. <laughs> so it kind of reflects the natural light here. <laughs> oh, God. Esther, you are, like, damn, we're going to have to buy her a drink or a lot of drinks. I know. Yeah. Shannon's all zenned out for massage. Nice. That's great. Oh, you know what? I... Yeah, you know what I did last week? I was telling uh, Shiloh about this before is, um, like, I'm a huge fan of body work. Like, I just think that, like, it is so important. And once a year, I do 10 sessions every week, like a session a week for 10 weeks of raw thing, which is literally like the most painful experience. Like, you just feel like they're digging into your tendons and playing them like a banjo well, that's what they're doing and yet right? they, they basically are they're basically, or just their hands no it's always like it's always thumb and elbow and i mean i'm i screamed out sweet jesus um which is not something i usually scream <laughs> but it's the most amazing experience because you you feel like okay i'm gonna look like hamburger meat and then you walk out of there just feeling like you're four inches taller it was great um but for the weekend uh we also have a like i'm here in Los Angeles, where I'm near a place called The Grove, which is an outdoor mall that looks like sort of a European early or, or sort of Victorian um, walkway with a bunch of shops. Right. And I had my first really sort of non-work, non-home quarantine. Today, I went out and met a friend for lunch and everybody was wearing masks and all the tables were outside with tons of airflow. And I'm telling you, it was great. My friend, our friend, Michelle, that we work on projects oh, together awesome. was, was, was like really excited. She said, this is the first time in four months that I've, you know, been outdoor around people. Right. And it was, it was pretty great. That's nice. That's nice. Is anybody else out there able to, are you able to socialize? Wait, Adam <laughs> sounds like a nightmare. Yeah. Adam, it is like the raw thing. It hurts like hell and it's absolutely worth it. I swear to God, it's worth it. I can't say enough good things about it. Like for, especially for my creaky, crusty old body that's literally falling apart. Yeah, so, yeah. All right. I think we have a lot to get to today. Um, so, I'm going to yeah. open these up. I see you, Bryce. Grab a spot when I open them up. Um, Tammy, you're under the Hollyweird account. So, just grab one of those two spots. Hopefully, it's working for Tammy. She was having a little bit of trouble. And then we will have you guys introduce yourselves. Ah, I'm Tammy. Hi. Oh my god, <laughs> it's so good to see you. Right. Oh my god, Here he Bryce, comes. I Here can't he wait comes. to see Bryce. 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 And Bryce has the beard back, the beard that I'm so jealous of. <laughs> god, the Thank you. Hello, I'm sad Bryce. I just hide it with a mask all the time. I know. Okay, I can like look. I can I can do the fake one here with Snapchat. <laughs> it looks good though. I love it. It looks real. <laughs> oh my god. This is not Snapchat. Just get yourself just get yourself a couple of tattoo sleeves and you just wear all black and you can blend in with the brothers of Ghost Adventures. Oh my god. Oh yeah. Yes. I could just like a little bit of stand gel. in a haunted hallway. Stand in yeah. a haunted hallway 
scream. Oh no, I have to like really spike the hair. Spike the hair, wear <laughs> then... a shark tooth necklace, and you're fine. You know. <laughs> oh my god, I miss your guys. And scream, and scream, come at me, come at, come me, at me. Oh god, not okay, not okay. <laughs> Hi guys, welcome. Hi. Thanks for being it's, here. It's so good to see you guys. I mean, it's see great you. to see you too. I know, yeah. and full circle, Scott just talking about the Grove. I was like, oh, that's where we all first met in person. That is so funny. I was Two thinking bars. about that. I was thinking about that the other day. I was thinking about Emma Roberts, and then right? oh, we, we saw Emma Roberts, and who was with it? the other with the guy that's Peters. always in. Yeah, I can't yeah, remember. Peters, yeah, yeah, Evan Peters. Yeah. Yes, it was you an American was horror story yeah. party. <laughs> mm -hmm. Trying to eat our pancakes and not stare at them. <laughs> I so, failed. I was just like in the corner staring what? straight at her. <laughs> that's true. You two are toxic. You need to get away from each other. I know. I was like, don't be with each other. I know. Like, Sir, we're at a breakfast restaurant. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, please, will you guys introduce yourselves and talk a little bit about your show for people that may not have heard? Uh, we are Hollywood Paranormal Podcast. My name is Tammy Merheb Chavez. I'm Bryce Mitchell Williams. We love three names. Yes, because we are based out of LA. Yeah. <laughs> or a serial killer. <laughs> or both. We talk, we talk about Hollywood true crime and its paranormal association. We spill the tea on a lot of other things, but we talk about everything that's weird in this crazy city of LA. And trust me, it's mm. gotten weirder now. So, yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. it, it has. And I think I was trying to think how we actually first connected. And I think it was mm -hmm. when we both did cult episodes really Ooh, early yes. on. Yes. That was good. And yeah. I mean, cults unite, just that's what they do. But look at what they've <laughs> done that, here. I mean, that really is sort of how Tammy and I met is ultimately mm -hmm. when you start talking about things that we sort of deem taboo, cults, paranormal, true crime, right? any of those things, it really is the great unifier. And you start even bringing up one or two of those things and people every time without fail. Oh, I have a story. Oh, I have a story. This happened to me when I was younger. That's this so happened to true. me that I can't explain it. And that's sort of how, you know, not only did we meet you all, but how we even got started is like, Oh, everyone has a story. This city is full of stories to tell and to explore. Yeah. Well, but I want to jump in and, and say that unlike a gazillion other podcasts, you guys your research is spectacular. Mm -hmm. I mean, oh, there you. is not, there's not a thread of bullshit in any of it. And I just admired that because, you know, I'm, I'm a believer. I know Shiloh's more of an agnostic about this. I, I've had weird experiences <laughs> myself, but I love, you know, like you guys break it down every single time. Mm -hmm. I thought that the Winchester episode, the Winchester mystery house episode I didn't even know half that shit that you were talking about, like the the fact versus the myth. And I think that, mm. it, you know, in today's world, if anybody can just grab a microphone and say whatever bullshit they want to, it's mm -hmm. really important that you guys are are delineating what is true and factual versus what there's no research on. Thank you. Yeah. We usually get Great. a lot. We get some pushback that we don't do enough, but that means a lot that we are doing something well. yeah i mean ultimately like yeah. we're just two people who are passionate about it but it's certainly not mm -hmm. like i don't have a phd so yeah so you know what i mean like we we're can. just trying to do our best i think oh, <laughs> oh. we get those yeah. messages too i got one oh. of those, like 
this person is actually from Wales, not England. And so check yourselves. And I was like, all right. Well, you know what? On oh, one, really? on one hand, like, and I understand that in, certainly in Great Britain, you would need to be very careful about those different areas because they are really yeah. super strict about it. But like, yeah, for her to end her little statement on, instead of just going, hey, guys, just want to let you know the difference between these two. But for her to end it with check yourself. Like, <laughs> Shit. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Oh, I know. God. Don't even get it. Don't even get them started on the football. That's enough. Oh, yeah. Beast. Oh, That's yeah. Ooh. Wait, do you have something you want to say about Manchester United? Yeah. What? Uh, <laughs> oh, <know>? my God. <laughs> well, how are you guys doing in this day and age of COVID? Pretty good. I mean, um, like just trying to find, find balance and stuff and mm. other ways to kind of escape. But I mean, we're both very lucky to be working mm-hmm. and having jobs and yeah. able to pay our bills, you know, but it's scary. It really is. You know, I was talking to my husband. There's this mass exodus now of people leaving. Like we we're driving to get coffee yeah. this morning. Every single complex on our street has for rent signs. Same on ours. I'm, yeah. Something I've never seen before ever living here is the incentives. Like huh, first one for free. No, you know, security deposit. I'm like, what is going yeah. on? You know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's, mm-hmm. I mean, that's, I feel, you know, I have friends who invested in rental apartments and, you know, I wish, you know, they're, they're struggling, but that's not the, the, the majority. Most, most landlords are doing pretty good, but if, I mean, yeah. not to <laughs> completely pump sunshine up anybody's rear, but one of this, one of the outcomes from COVID will, it will be a great equalizer in commercial real estate. It's going to change the face because commercial real estate has been ridiculously priced and in many big cities across the U S for years. So um, Mm -hmm. getting that evened out and more equitable for people is going to be a good thing. Yeah. Adam, I'm waiting for the American refugees next year. I I know he's from New Zealand. (laughs) He's our New Zealand guy. So I said, we're thinking Mm -hmm. about it. Please sponsor us. (laughs) Vouch for Scott and I, please. You have a, you have a wonderful prime minister over there. So, that's I mean, the thing is like every yeah. day I vacillate between like I should flee to every country that's not here or like I should stay and fight like Mel Gibson in the Patriot. Like what is my option <laughs> today? Like, ooh, well, ooh. I mean those are two extremes, but yes, somewhere in the middle. Yeah. It's Probably really like... a stable response to what's happening. <laughs> right. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. So we are here to talk about um Basically, a topic that Scott and I did in episode 37, which we talked about familicide. And mm-hmm. we, of course, yeah. had to talk about Lizzie Borden. Um, and her name always comes up when people are talking about killers and serial killers. But yes. she was actually acquitted. Scott's going to give us a little rundown of her story. Um, and then I'm going to go into a little bit more of familicide history in her family. And then we are going to hear from you guys about some paranormal stuff linked to oh, yeah. this. So, Scott, you want to start off? Well, I'm completely unprepared. Uh, <laughs> the text message. I said. did not prepare that. Look, so, <laughs> God. so uh, I'm going to go strictly from the made-for-TV movie uh, where Lizzie was played by Elizabeth Montgomery. Oh, perfect. That'll be a great representation of it. <laughs> Which was excellent, by the way, and scary as shit. I don't know if most people remember, like, most of you were too young to remember this, but mm-hmm. a lot of TV movies back in, like, the late 70s through early 80s were actually really, really good. Um, but 
Lizzie Borden is a famous Fall River, uh, Massachusetts. Fall Massachusetts. Yeah, Fall River, yeah. Massachusetts. Uh, a young woman of privilege, but in a household that was run by a very eccentric and odd father who was a, a li literally a control freak over every aspect of their lives. And one of the most important historical contexts is to remember that this was happening sort of right after the Victorian times. There were very much very rigid social constructs about how women were expected to mm -hmm. act in public. We're talking the middle of summer when this crime occurred. So no air conditioning, a very, very hot summer. Women are all, if you were of the upper crust, you wear a corset, you wear a high neck uh, dress layers of wool and muslin not the most breathing of clothing no, at that time mm -hmm. uh there was also a lot of stress in the home from a stepmother if i'm correct like right stepmother mm -hmm. yes uh, yep. and so basically suddenly there's a murder and there's a double murder and there is a murder of uh lizzie's uh stepmother and her father uh, a lot of mystery about who did it. There are two daughters, Lizzie and her sister. There's a maid or a, mm -hmm. like an Irish sort of indentured maid servant there at the home. And it was, it was the trial of the century uh, at its time. And it was yeah. the trial of the century because it involved a woman and because it involved murder. So all these things just led towards an enormous, enormous media presence that mm -hmm really would be of unheard of at that time. Today in our instant news cycle, we're used to these kind of things all the time, you know, kind of flashing up in our media presence for a while and then disappearing. This one went on for a very long time. Mm -hmm. um, Lizzie was acquitted of the murders of her mother, of her father and stepmother. However, she became a pariah of the town. She was ostracized. Oh, yeah. um, she had a very close relationship with her sister and the stress of the trial really affected their relationship to where her sister finally moved away. Yeah, but Lizzie um, stayed living in Fall River for the rest of her life. She didn't leave. And, you know, I kind of love that about her. Like, no matter, <laughs> I mean, it's everything leads to the fact that she did commit the murders. It's very Even though there are a lot of yeah. different theories. Yeah. yeah she moved into the, the next town, the hill, and bought Maple Croft. Mm. It was a bigger build. mansion, right? Wasn't it like a... It was a huge Queen Anne Victorian. She was like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. if I'm going to leave, it's going to be in this big big house. So It was yeah. kind of like a screw you to your dad, to her dad, right? Because mm -hmm. one of the things I remember that was really, I mean, as a, as a teenager, remembering this about the TV movie, which actually <laughs> plays a big part in the trial itself, was... And this sort of, there's a parallel to Joan Crawford and Mommy Dearest is that they were, like he was so, they were eating the same yeah. leg of mutton over a period of days, despite the heat. So it was like early morning, she walks into breakfast and there's this godforsaken, gnawed on hunk of mutton, cold mutton stew for breakfast. I got to tell you, that would make me snap. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Hot yeah. second. If you're already wearing a collared dress and it's your dad won't let you use, you know, electricity in the house. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, that 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 would do it. You're asking so yourself, I need to let out this corset. That's my drunk history version of it. You guys fill in. You gotta fill in fill in the no, facts that I missed because I know you always have the receipts. No, 
Yeah, that's pretty much what, what happened. Yeah. You know, Lizzie, I mean, she never referred to her mom as, her stepmom as mom. No. It was always, you know, Abby. Abby. You know, Abby. You know, I look at, I feel like Lizzie Borden is like the Menendez brothers. She was a complete FOMO. She was like, well, they all get to spend money and, you know, have little lemon tarts and I don't. So, you know, yeah. to a certain point she snapped, especially with her father being super frugal. And also having other ties outside of the household, like other, I guess, uh, arrangements mm-hmm. <laughs> that were not in his favor. So, yeah, I mean, you pretty much like shrunken down into one big summary for that. And I think, too, like one of the things that is so prevalent throughout this whole like dynamic of this house, like with the maid and with the family, is that he was so like viciously strict like i think in yeah. all the things that you like read about they're actually quite wealthy and yet they were like you know you had mentioned they had to ask for money for anything. the most basic things right and yeah. they were living anything. in like poverty essentially yes in a nice house but even by the standard of that day not that nice of a house for how wealthy they were and he was just incredibly cruel and incred- like incredibly strict you know they had a staff and yet were still like in charge of like so much manual labor like they really were like hired help in this like very stern abusive kind of environment um even the stepmother it's not like she came in and cinderella this issue she was also sort of like captive to his sort of yeah this domain of like running this household of five women sort of yeah very stereotypical and it's funny because as you now sort of we look at it through our modern lens she's become this like interesting feminist icon of like so i saw someone earlier had asked like did they mention why like the murders happened and like the answer is we don't know but you can kind of start imparting all these things of like okay but everyone has a breaking point and this situation was like the nth degree a perfect storm of like the heat the poverty the abuse the family dynamics the patriarchy like don't get me started on the patriarchy you know right and and i know i think you're saying something that's so so important a bit because it's all about context Mm. and i beat this horse to death all the time but in training about you know the incidents of mass violence no one ever snaps even though we have you know shows called snapped and we talk (laughs) about people just kind of losing it the reality is, is that the pathway to violence is evolutionary mm. and something must have been building up in her for a long time on top. And then all these other factors that we're talking about. And plus, we don't really it's because of the patriarchy and because of this sort of skewed view of history and women at that time. Mm. We don't know if she was eccentric or weird or if she had any quirks. We just don't know that because nobody was paying attention to it before this crime right well and then who's writing about it Mm -hmm. afterwards probably a bunch of male journalists covering the trial a jury of all men yeah they're getting to paint a picture of her however they want so and that's what we're left with that's all we have as far as resources to be able to you know sort of paint our picture of her Mm -hmm. shannon writes i snap daily Yeah, see? No one ever just does it out of the blue. I mean, my my friend Paige that I went to college with that works in Atlanta, she said the advantage of having to wear a mask every day is that she can mutter under her breath, 
fuck <laughs> without people <laughs> noticing. Which yeah. usually gets her in trouble. So <laughs> So that was in you could 1892. Um, and right. I don't think we mentioned that you know, she, well, somebody murdered Andrew and Abby with an axe. So very brutal, very violent. Um, also a source of um, the defense's strategy was that you know, could this dainty, fragile woman <laughs> lift this yeah. axe? Um, and, you know, yeah. all of the um, violence that was uh, behind it. Oh, it's so... <laughs> how, how could I possibly lift this axe? No, it's hilarious, know. Scott, because for me, your video is frozen, but I can hear you. <laughs> <laughs> she could have lifted that axe. Do you know the amount of protein she was eating with that right. little one? She was like, look. Yeah. She like bitches. I got my protein. She was on. like, she was the precursor of keto. Yeah, oh keto my god! <laughs> she ate leg of mutton, and she went into the bar. And Stop worked, it! You know? Oh my god! Okay, so that wasn't the only familicide murder to happen on that property. So, um, previous to Lizzie Borden. Um, let's see here in 1848. So Lizzie Borden's great uncle was uncle Lodwick and he lived in the same home that then became the Borden home. Mm. And he had four wives as one does in the, you know, 1840s because women die in all sorts of ways back then. <laughs> um, well, they're wearing them out, like doing all that. The housework was basically hard labor. Maybe that's it, or maybe it was childbirth, Scott. I don't know. Oh, but, that. Um, oh that whole thing. But his second wife, oh, <laughs> his second wife was Eliza Darling Borden. And she actually murdered two of her three children by throwing them down the well <gasps> on the property. She Ooh. actually threw, she threw all three of them down the well. Um, do you know what the sexes of those children um, are? I know that the one that survived is was a girl. Um, I don't know okay. the sexes of the other two. I think it was a boy. And oh a my! Because I hold hold that thought. Oh my god! <laughs> okay. No, I was trying to figure out. That. Yeah, we'll go into it later. Put a pin in it. Okay. So she she murdered two of her three children, and then she died by suicide right afterwards. And there. There's some conflicting information about that. Um, the main story is that she she was 37 years old. She took her husband's straight razor and sliced her throat um, oh up God. in the attic of the home. So there's this, um, you know, obviously another familicide that occurred. There's mm. Is there some inherent madness in this family? What is going on? Um, and then... Or is it like the Amityville Horror House and there's just right? so much bad juju in that home that it is soaking through into anybody who moves in? And then just to <laughs> dig a little further back, um, this didn't happen on the property, but it speaks to their mm -hmm. lineage. Um, in, at, in 1673 in Rhode Island, uh, Lizzie Borden's direct descendant, she is a fifth great granddaughter of this man named Thomas Cornell. He was hanged for the murder of his mother, Rebecca. And Cornell was 46 years old. He was expecting his seventh child. So if we're talking about stressors to making people snap, um, his seventh child with his third wife, Sarah, when his mother, Rebecca, was found burned to death, they all lived together. Um, he was tried for this 
He, his mother was 73 at the time of her death. Um, and her brother, so the, the mom that died, Rebecca, her brother got on the stand to descri- describe a dream in which his sister revealed from the grave that her death was far from accidental. And as one does, as, as one does in the 1600s, get on the stand and testify yeah. to your dream, please. <laughs> you got to let the dream evidence in. I'm, I, I mean, <laughs> otherwise, this trial's a farce. Come on. <laughs> so, so I was texting to Scott earlier. I'm like, hey, I found another like murderer in her lineage. And he's like, please just don't tell me that I'm related to them. But <laughs> but the brother that took the stand his name is John Briggs, and Briggs is one of my family names. So I'm going to have to do a little bit more Ancestry.com research. So this is kind of another recurring thing because I forget. I don't think it was the same. I'm going to try and find it. So I apologize for bringing a point up without having. That's okay. Let me give you one little last tidbit. Yeah. Please, I, just start, <laughs> I just gave a drug history version of Lizzie Borden. So really, it's only uphill from here as you speak. Right? So after yeah. after Thomas was executed for his mother's murder, his wife gave birth to a daughter and she named the daughter Innocent. Yeah. Oh. I'm not having to walk around with the name Innocent because your oh, daddy no. murdered your grandmother. <laughs> oh my God, I'm getting yeah, like, like vibes right now. Kanye vibes. Yeah. Yeah, so I just want to thank History.com and Lizzie Borden Warps and Wefts.com for coming up with that wow. info because I was like, wow, there's a lot going on with this family. And Scott and I have talked about that before, how the um, the neuropsychologist that done, has done a lot of work in psychopathy is an ancestor of Lizzie Borden's. So, And he has some oh, of the wow. genetic markers for psychopathy. So crazy, crazy story, but... That is so interesting because we constantly hear this repetitive story about like why and how she killed her or could have killed her mm. family. We never go way back, you know, way, way, way down into her lineage. And this is so enlightening to hear and interesting. Yeah. I didn't well, know you have this. to also think about she was an intelligent yeah. woman. I mean, I'm, I'm, you know, we'll never know if she was mm. eccentric, which would have placed her sort of in a, another diagnostic category. But if there was some psychopathy there, one of the things that, once again, going back to the TV movie, is the amount of planning that had to go into it. Like, it was timed yeah. really well. Like, and she got rid, I mean, she got rid of the evidence really well. And one of the theories is that she did it naked. Yes. Is that she stripped down in the basement, walked through the house naked, yes. killing them so that she could get the blood off her skin. And then, you know, whatever... I think there was there was one petticoat or something that was found in the furnace that was burned. Right, yes. and a little bit but, of blood. Um, mm-hmm. She was you able know, to tell him it was menstrual blood. But how are how are they yeah. going to tell? Like, or who is it back then? Yeah, right. They didn't have that DNA and evidence exactly. or testing. They even brought that up in the 2018 Lizzie movie with Kristen mm-hmm. Stewart and yeah. Chloe mm-hmm. Sevigny. Yep. Oh my gosh. Bryce. Wow. I mean, that is a good find theory. You're looking for, Bryce? Yeah. Well, I was going to say in regards to people being related to her. So in the 70s TV movie, the woman who played Lizzie Borden was like distant Elizabeth, uh, Elizabeth Montgomery. Montgomery. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. She <laughs> is like a sixth cousin. Movie. They're like six cousins once removed or something obscene like that. Oh my but gosh. Like, you really That's could cool. be related. Yeah. 
into it in all the free time that I have. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, your plate's so empty. I know, I know. <laughs> That's something I love, too, is, like, reading about the trial. If, like, I think in a very, like, selfish kind of way, if time travel ever were real, I would just go back to, like, the turn of the century and be, like, a doctor with, like, a general knowledge of, like, what vitamin C can do. Right. Or, like, a general understanding of, like, D. like oh, well, they... A general understanding of hand washing. Like, like, this... magic. What are you? <laughs> Literally. And in this yeah. trial, I'm like, why did they not question that, like, alibi? And I have, like, a very, like, base level. Like, oh, I wouldn't, like, do anything to, like, alter history. I'd just go back and be, like, the greatest prosecution lawyer at the I... turn of the century. Because, like, they're just letting people be like, oh, no, I'm sorry. I burnt my dress because I had wet paint on it. Right. Oh God! As, yeah, one, as does. one does, yeah. It's just like so yeah. silly. There was what? What was the Clive? Who's the Clive? Is it Clive Owen? Clive Owen had a series just a couple of seasons yeah. ago. So two funny. seasons, Victorian show. Oh yeah, yes. that's the Nick. Oh, the Nick, yes, right. Nick. So it's really disturbing because it illustrates about medicine at that time and how. Mm-hmm. They just did not really understand the concept of germs. And one of the, I mean, in psychology, when we're learning about this, I remember one of the most gory examples that um, was used in a class was that a doctor that had done uh, an autopsy on a pregnant woman had found like, oh, this uterus is very interesting. I'll just look at it at home after dinner. So he like kind of picks up the severed body part and puts it in the pocket of his overcoat no gloves because they didn't exist mm-hmm. at the time. I mean, you know, surgical gloves and just sort of, you know, contamination was unreal at that time. It's no wonder that that earlier guy you were talking about went through so yeah, many lives, okay. like septic shock, like, just dying right book, and left. The Trial of Lizzie Borden, which is fantastic, and it's taken mm-hmm. from all of the newspaper articles and that was mm-hmm. done at the time. Just to, it, it really informed our episode that we did. So. Thank you for listening to this fantastic show on the Crawl Space Media Network. We want to talk to you about another show on the Crawl Space Media Network. There are thousands of missing person cases in the United States, but few have captured the attention, imagination, and passion that Maura Murray's 2004 disappearance has. It was even the subject of the Oxygen Network's six-part series, The Disappearance of Maura Murray. And Tim, no one knows this better than you and I because we started working on a documentary about Maura Murray in 2013, and this was an exploration into the fascinating world of citizen detecting. We started the podcast two years later and soon realized that we could do more in bringing answers to Maura's case as well as other cold cases. That's right, and the Maura Murray case has raised many ethical and social questions. How do we, as true crime media, interact with law enforcement, family and friends of victims, potential persons of interest? And how do we know when we've crossed that ever-elusive line between ethics and entertainment. These are the issues that we deal with. So join us for the journey that is the Missing Maura Murray podcast. We started it in 2015. There are over 100 episodes on the disappearance of Maura Murray. We traveled to the site of her disappearance. We received actual threats. We hiked a mountain, and we head to Canada with an obsessed journalist. So listen as the show grows and matures with support from a network of peers in the true crime arena. Listen to Missing Maura Murray on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. If you're thinking about starting a podcast, let us tell you about Anchor. First off, it's free, and you can record and edit your show through your computer or phone, or import your show from whatever recording software you already use. 
Anchor will then distribute your show for you so it can be heard on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. And probably the best part, you can start making money with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to start a podcast from start to finish in one place, and it was a super easy switch for us. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's anchor.fm. But anyway, I want to turn it over to you guys to talk about the spooky stuff related to Lizzie. Oh, yes. So what happened or what is happening or has been happening not only in the Lizzie Borden house in Fall River, but also in Maplecroft where Lizzie or Lizbeth, because she adopted a new name like everyone does here in L.A. when they move here. (laughs) When she moved to the hill. So according to people who have gone and spent the night and investigated in the Lizzie Borden house, they have the number one thing that they have experienced and witnessed and heard are the voices and laughter of children in the oh. attic so that's mm-hmm. why i like went mind blown mm-hmm. when shiloh was like the children that lived there prior before the borden family yep. were killed and mm-hmm. it's a little boy and I a little girl is. that is heard Oof. seen and wow because it's yes. a bed and breakfast now right yeah it's a bed and Seriously, breakfast i want to go i so want to go it opened no, no, in 1996. No. It's gone through a second owner. That owner purchased Maplecroft no. as well. So they own both properties. And they're trying to turn Maplecroft into a bed and breakfast, but they're going to make it very strict and more respectful, trying to alleviate and remind people, don't think about the murders. I'll go into it later as to why that is. But there's this weird, and we spoke about this before, especially in our Richard yeah. Ramirez case, there's, People who are pair nerds and history buffs, but they're people who are hard nerds that are just like, yeah, let's go spend a night right. in the murder yeah. house. And it's I told I call those the torture porn people. Yeah. You know, that like yeah, yeah. I just I don't understand. I'm like, well, these people had lives too. And no. I mean, this was a pretty horrific thing that you want to go and lay in the place where Abby died and was bludgeoned to right. and take a picture on the same couch where you know, Mr. Borden yeah. was murdered. So it's just like, yeah. I would feel so odd doing that. Well, and one of, trying to one of the things that. we talk about so often on our show, and Dr. Scott, you kind of alluded to this, is that everything kind of builds off of itself. And like, I love the phrasing of like, everything is an evolution. And so when you look at cases yeah. like this, where Lizzie Borden is now her own entity in our pop culture psyche, like, we have the nursery rhyme and all of these movies and books. Like she's become right. so many more things because of how transformative this trial was in American law history. And so you have people who are bringing all of that energy with them into this very small space. And so, you know, it's the people like you're saying who want the fear, who want the gore, who want the violence. You have people who want the act like, the paranormal communication, you have people that are there for the history. So it's all of these layers. And so then you're also now adding on top of that, a history of violence of generations. It just becomes this like swirling vortex. And so then people go to this home to sleep or Airbnb now um, and are experiencing all of these things. Some that are often at odds with like what the nature of the person was in life. And in my opinion, because of the things that we bring to it and then end up like taking from those places. Yeah. Yes. 
Absolutely. Yeah. And that's what has been built mm. and established there. And that's where they're trying to take away in Maplecroft. So speaking of that, piggybacking <laughs> off, off of that, um, it is said that if you go into the Lizzie Borden bed and breakfast in Fall River, that um, if you sing the nursery rhyme, Lizzie Borden took an axe, you will be either pushed, scratched, or uh, your hair will get pulled. Ooh. So that is another thing that people have even uh, gone through it and, and mm. felt. Another story is um, the basement is very interesting. So people who've gone to the basement have experienced and captured on camera what looks like a black uh, mist. It, the energy there is very mm. negative. Wow. It's like it's like a get out energy. And they believe, like, could it possibly be the murderer of, uh, you know, the Bordens that is residing there? Or maybe a very bad energy that was left behind, you know, the yin and the yang. Mm. So, you know, that's what people feel, right? Yeah. Exactly. Um, On Creepy Universe, and I'll I'll post these pictures on our Instagram, but these two women went to spend the night in Mm -hmm. uh, the uh, Mr. Borden's Mm. suite which is the only suite that has an adjoining room that is called the Abbey suite. It's the suite that Abby was found dead. And also see one of the very, well, it's the only one that has a, its own bathroom. Because Andrew but, was uh, murdered in the parlor, that... right? Downstairs. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. When he came home from his mm-hmm. walk. So um, yes. people believe that if you take, if you take money from the dresser that's in the room, because Andrew was a penny pincher, he is going to, wow. you know, get his way with you. Like he's going to push you. He's going to do something very negative to you. Um, it is a, out of a sign of respect to put coins on the dresser. Um, people have captured images of a, like on the mirror of the dresser of what they look like. What they say is is possibly mm. Abby. And every time you bring up her name, you bring up the murder, and you're doing a voice session, you will hear a woman murmuring uh, in that room. I would not leave. So I would that, not leave coins yeah, for so, that man, even in death. Sorry, I'm pretty sure no. he, he would buy like a "Make America Great Again" hat with it or something. So. <laughs> no. Oh my god! No, Seems like you got it. it from you got it from eBay. You got it from eBay mm-hmm. <laughs> or something. <laughs> So um, another one of the common occurrences in the house, too, is people will see light orbs and uh, I guess a child's face in the living room or in the attic going back to the children. So people always want to know. They want to communicate with Lizzie. The problem is Lizzie is not there. Lizzie is claimed to be in Maple Croft. She ain't going nowhere. So if you, yeah, if you go and see the episode of Kindred Spirits, which I really like the way they approach this investigation with Chip Coffee. Um, it's Amy Bruni and Matt Berry, but they made, they felt they made communication with who they believe was Lizzie Warden or Lisbeth. And the feeling and the vibe that they get is like the message is if you're going to open a bed and breakfast, respect this location and don't yeah. bring up the murders is what they're getting. And that her spirit's here. She's everywhere. Like in the Winchester, you know, like that woman's spirit is going to be in that house. She ain't going nowhere. This was her place yes. of sanctuary. This was her place where she is going to forever be. So come in with respect and come in with a lot of light and love because she's going to definitely make her so presence So do you think they're going to try and but... screen people better that they're going to open it up to or and then leave the other one as I believe kind of there's the... Gonna... I believe the dialogue and the um, what's going to be presented, especially on the website and before they check in, is please approach this investigation okay. with so respect. So they'll allow people to still do investigations. You know. 
Yeah, they'll they'll still do. I mean, they're gonna you know really ease into it in the very beginning, but that's their intention with this bed and breakfast. It's a beautiful yeah. place, um, but there is a vibe that she's there, and it's proceed with caution. Ooh. So yeah, yeah, that's I like that. I like that. That's respectful. Yeah, I like that too. You know? I mean, we can't get away from the fact that it was a seminal right. moment in American history. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that's there's just no escaping that. Um, for Bryce, especially if you're saying, especially in the history of American law. But at the same time, you know, we don't have to glorify. It's kind of what Shiloh is so good about. Like when we talk about mass shootings or mass casualties, we want, don't want to focus on the killer. We want to focus on that person sort of as an unnamed individual. And what are the factors that got them there? rather than adding to the glorification of it. So we can still be interested in it. But like you said, Tammy, realize that these, you know, yes, it's a hundred years out, but they were living, breathing human beings with lives Mm -hmm. and hopes and dreams Mm -hmm. that were never realized. Yes. And I feel like in some way, like Lisbeth was, uh, you know, victim herself of a lot of things. I think, I don't know, we haven't touched on, uh, there was that rumor that it was possible that her father, you know, sexually yeah. abused her and her sister and in which the- was not part of the that was not part of the conversation no. at that time period mm-hmm. ever and it was way more common than any of us would oh, be comfortable yeah. today in yeah. today's mm-hmm. world talking about yes so that was another thing too that the investigators at Maplecroft came up with is that every time they tried to bring up the parents mm. and the axe murders uh they got the sense of pushback a lot of pushback they didn't want to talk about anything like they're like oh what she knows what happened she's never going to come out and say it there's going to be a and lot that's of pushback been the so weird people- direction not mm-hmm. weird that's maybe a judgment but that's been the the specific direction that a lot of investigations have taken in like an attempt to find out the why did you do it a lot of you'll see mm-hmm. a lot especially a lot of evp sessions very focused on who did this murder did you do it and there's almost no lead, like, no headway, I guess, being made. No one's ever been like, and then she confessed on our EVP, and like now we know she did it. Because I think so yeah. much of that is, again, you're you're talking. If you believe in that, you're you're experiencing something from a time period that was so repressed and so abused mm-hmm. that that is not, you know, going to give you any information we're approaching it from a modern point of view you know right the theories of there was a homosexual component yes. between her and that they were caught yeah. and that's why she did it or she was being sexually abused and so she finally like you know decided to fight back against her abuser and that's why she did it or she knew that she was being written out of the will and so she like didn't want a man stealing her money so that's why she did it those are all for sure possible like motives like they make sense but that is a really modern view on a situation that, like, that's not exactly the time period that we're dealing with. That's also, that's, I, I'm so glad you said that because the, the phenomenon of EVPs, I'm always on edge about because I think, well, I would not have interpreted mm. that as a voice unless you just primed yeah. me with what it said. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, it's never really a back and forth conversation to me, you know, even in the shows that are even somewhat legit that have some EVP, I always think like, well, that's the saddest thing ever because that to Mm. me is a recording 
of an energy that's stuck here in this place. It's stuck in the woodwork or the rocks or the ground, and it's just playing itself over and over and over again. And here we all are in our sort of modern idiocy trying to have a conversation yeah. with a tape Tell me, what do you think? I mean, you're the mm-hmm. paranormal investigator of this group. I mean, what are your theories as to EVPs? I mean, um, I was listening to uh, this one podcast, and it's by Ashley Flowers, who is part of mm. Crime Junkie. She does this amazing paranormal one. Forgive me that I can't remember it. But she was doing um, an episode based on a specific haunting, but she brought up a good point that there is a term that our mind, I don't know if you guys may know this, but there is a term where um, in the paranormal, our mind uh, kind of makes us believe that we're listening to mm. something that's not there. That makes us listen to something and see something that is not there because we're coming in with the intention mm. knowing that it's there. So, Well, and our, our brain wants to detect patterns. That's yes. actually like a biological imperative that keeps yes. us safe. So it's like when you're looking at clouds, you're like, oh, that's a face. Mm-hmm. Because the neurology has is working mm. like software to try and create something that we understand. And it's the same thing for auditory experiences as well. Yeah. For me, it has to be a class yeah. A meaning it has to be very clear and it has to be very loud and it has to, ha- it has to sound like a voice, not like a cough or something. Um, there's times where I've gone to, you know, other investigations, public investigations and it, where, you know, something mm. terrible has happened there. Obviously people are there wanting to know what's there and wanting to figure out how to help them and it's funny because i just sit there like <laughs> i'm like oh god they're like did you did you hear that did you hear that it was a man's voice if you guys aren't following tammy like, on it, tiktok it sounded please like do that. so immediately so <laughs> see all so of these <laughs> but that is the thing is i think one of the things that like sort yeah. of sets tammy apart like having done a few and like hearing the stories is like you go in with such a perfect like openness to what is out there and what is possible with like a discerning mm-hmm. skepticism to be like, no, we're not going to like whip ourselves into a fervor and be like, I saw the Lizzie Borden. Like she is my best friend. Like, no, it's fine. Like, let's just like be truthful about what we do and don't experience. Because if you are often you will still land and be like, well, I can't explain that. So you're, you're going to get what you want by just being truthful as much as like, often these people who are like, I personally have the only connection to this spirit. And you're like, okay, <laughs> great. We mentioned, we, like, we, like the we, woman, like you guys, the woman in, in Britain who married the ghost of a 500 year old pirate. Yeah. You don't understand him. how difficult yeah. it is to date during quarantine. It's nearly impossible. <laughs> it's very difficult. <laughs> I mean, date a ghost, why don't you? (laughs) Yeah, I I think what Bryce is explaining is like the closest you can get to sort of taking that scientific method mindset Mm. to it. And what you find is what you find. Like you cannot go in with an agenda and have the facts fit your story or your narrative. You have to go with what it is. And that's going to be my little uh, rant because, you know, I'm so skeptical about this. <laughs> and me too. Like, especially of yeah. the two of us, like, I would say I'm definitely more skeptical. But even in that skepticism, there have been experiences on my own and experiences with Tammy and stories that we've sort of shared that, like, even at my most skeptical moment, I still can't explain it. So then, like, where does that leave us? I, mean, mm-hmm. I don't know. 
yeah for me it's just yeah. it's it's 50 50 like unless it's clear and you hear it instead of like having to replay it <laughs> over and over and over again then that is yeah which i'm like if you have to play it over and over again that it's something that is pulling from different frequencies that's something you have to take in consideration is that with an evp device like that okay we know the source or the bank where it's yeah. pulling it from and that's where it's inconclusive yeah. in a way it's the same thing with SLS cameras when, you know, you've seen it, it's like this big, like, computer thing, it looks like an, like a, a little iPad, and it's supposed to create these little stick figures. Well, right, where is it right. pulling that from? And what bank is it pulling it from? And, you know, how is it, how can we, you know, yeah. validate this? So, it's, it's a little, yeah. yeah I don't care how many times Ghost Adventures that. plays that clip over and over for me. I'm like, <laughs> nope, I still don't hear that. I, I don't know. <laughs> Right. Yeah, but that's the paranormal. You know, I guess to close it is uh, the paranormal is something that's going to be yes. always inconclusive. We're never going to have the answer, and I feel like we're going to have the answer when we move on yeah. spiritually. Yeah. So or that's science. where I, I like to leave it. Maybe we just haven't discovered it yet. Yeah. yeah. No. I had a um, yeah when the science catches up. I but I have in my lifetime I have been to a good six to eight individuals who are professional mm. clairvoyants and they've been like phenomenal like i've had like chilling experiences of no name no background nothing and they have named out persons places things dates times mm -hmm. and been spot on i mean like i've had that kind of experience but you know and some of them i mean the the ones that to me that are the most evolved just kind of shrugged their shoulders and go i don't know how this works i really don't i don't know i'm tapping into something i'm not sure what it is and then you'll have somebody else that's like yeah my indian spirit guide wind song comes to me and like which sounds really like wonky and weird but the information they're giving yeah. you is, is pretty accurate so mm -hmm. i don't know i it's i think it's an, an interesting thing that we're gonna at some point there's gonna be science yeah. that's gonna help us understand that a lot of it you know, oh, like absolutely. we know now what intuition is. Intuition is basically our brain processing tons of information that we're not right. aware that we're processing. So it seems magical that we come up with these kind of gut feelings when no, your brain's been processing a sense of danger for 15 mm -hmm. minutes before you got to this parking space. Yeah, exactly. Our brains are the most powerful absolutely. and scary things at the same time. Yeah. Like Mm -hmm. So normally, so much, <laughs> and lie to you. <laughs> yeah. So normally Pretty during much, the summertime, yeah. you would be doing um, ghost barbecues at the Omen House, right? Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, a lot of that. You I'm going are to one again tonight. I'm going to one <laughs> at his place. I'm going to finish. Um, yeah, I was supposed please. to have. So for everyone who's here, I was supposed to have an episode of Chasing Ghosts ready for the Sunday, but um, tonight it's. I wanted to catch a, a seance that we're going to do because it is the 51st anniversary yeah. of the Sharon Tate murders. And that's what David Omen does every year. He has a psychic that comes in and a little like dinner and we go downstairs and see what we can come up with. So I wanted to record that seance to add it into our episode. So that episode won't be ready for another couple of days. Cause it's just that what I felt like in while well, editing it, I needed that like something else. We had a psychic that didn't yeah. walk through with me um via via facetime and she picked up 
I'm not even joking on a lot of things that we mm. even posted on our Instagram. I had my hair. It's, it felt like someone brushed their hand against my hair mm. on the third floor. And you had I mean, her on FaceTime, like walking these are things. with you? Oh, that's crazy. Yeah, she was on FaceTime because she's based okay. out of uh, North Carolina. So she was like, she, there's this one point she was like, I'm seeing snails. Where am I seeing snails? And one of the girls in the group was like, I have a snail on my knee. Like, it's a drawing of a snail. And there's right. no way she could have seen yeah. this girl because she was like i had her like pan to you know certain rooms so it was and, very, and, and i very think that's a that's a great example too of like that's the most random yeah. information like what does that have to do really yeah. with why she you're there right but that's that so much that's yeah. what sonia mm. choquette who's really she's one of the clairvoyants i saw before i moved to la and she's really mm -hmm. famous now and works in you know personal development and she said that she said two things that i always found were really interesting she says is the information comes at you, just you're bombarded with information. She goes, I have to discern every moment of my day about, it's like looking through four different movies playing simultaneously on top of reality. Yeah. And I have to learn to ignore yeah. that. And then, but the information, when I'm sitting with someone doing a readings, all this information's coming at me, but, and I'm supposed to be the one to pick out what's important. And that's really hard because I don't know necessarily what's important to this mm. person. And then the other yeah. thing, Tammy, to kind of tie it back to what you were saying about, you know, maybe we'll, maybe we'll know when we're dead is mm -hmm. that Sonia always said is that, you know, we are primed on a diet of horror movies and thrillers and chillers that, that present paranormal events as being hit with mm. a baseball bat as it's like this huge thing. And she said, it's, it's not, it's the opposite of that. It, it is infinite grades of subtlety. And being aware yes. of the subtleties and like, you know, that chill that you get or that kind of like, huh, why am I feeling weird in this space at this time when I don't usually have this kind of physical somatic experience? And I thought that was really mm -hmm. valuable because everybody's like sitting in the boarding house waiting to hear right. a scream, you know? Right. Yeah. They, they right. want to see dead Which, bodies. Like, when it's, we were at the uh, only house, <laughs> one of the things that was really interesting, to, I know it's like not... It's not about Lizzie Borden, my bad. No, that's um, okay. We're on. One of the things that we like experienced, so there were so many things that were just like sensory, like how you're talking about Dr. Scott, of just like, oh, all of a sudden Tammy would just be like, I feel really dizzy. Or like I feel like really like my my equilibrium right. is off. Or like smells and sounds and like, yeah, some things that you're seeing that are like apparitional, I guess. But most of it was just like, oh, I feel like Tammy always says, like your body is your number one tool for investigating like it's the thing that you're constantly checking in with and a machine can fail you and technology can fail you but like your instinct and like what you know to be true for yourself right that's always like reliable yeah i mean that's what we say in therapy yeah. to our clients yeah. you're the expert on you so yeah. you tell me what is yeah. normal and what is off kilter for you when, when yeah. you're stressed out where yeah. do you feel it in your body you know, let's, let's talk about like yeah. the tightness in your chest. Where, what was the place we went to in San Diego, Scott? Mm -hmm. Was that the, the Oh house? God. Yeah. You guys, if you live in California, you got to go to the Whaley house oh, in Old Town, yeah. San Diego. Oh, I've been there. I, we, I got, I got we, a shoulder. Oh, I got like a hand on my shoulder. I got pushed while I was on the stairs. My husband, Dan, who is completely agnostic about all this turned to me like wide eyed going, what Whoa. just happened? I just <laughs> I had like, an yeah. intense headache the entire my time. My husband too. There. 
when I went with you. That's sort of what happens to me is that I'm just yeah. like, I don't know what's wrong. I'm kind of disconnected from my body anyway. I'm like, my arm's broken. And I'm like, it's fine. I need like four <laughs> ibuprofen. That's all I know. Yeah. And I'm just I'm like, I don't know. I just don't feel good. And then afterwards, Tim is like, you know that, that that's what's happening. I'm like, oh, right, right. Yeah. That's actually clever about that David Omen house. I mean, people can pan it for the paranormal. But when my husband went last weekend, he did bring up a good point because he's very, very, you know, skeptic. But he's like, it's mm. it's science. It's the it's the environment. He said something about the electric magnetic fields being two to four thousand milligates. Yeah. Like that's not no. normal. Of course you're gonna. Of course you're not gonna feel normal. Like that's why people feel dizzy. But they think, oh, they're being um possessed by something that's there and it's like it's actually science because i feel a little off and when he explained the emfs it's like oh okay that's scientific you know and it's been documented that if you're in a location with high emfs you're gonna feel off yeah there's there's another phenomenon and timmy you probably know more about this than i do but i remember seeing it on one of the documentaries about some places that are sort of you know known to have paranormal activity when they they usually find water pathways deep, 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 like riparian rivers, you know, a quarter of a mile underneath the house. And there's something about that that affects the energy in that whole geographical area. Yeah, it's like Mm. Brackenfern is a really good example because they have a natural spring that literally is underneath the the bed and breakfast as to which, uh, you know, why Buzz, supposedly Bugsy Siegel and his, you know, clan would always mm. make the liquor off, out of that water uh, during the bootleg era. And um, I mean, that it is a natural form of like energy, of well. energy you know, it's mm. conduction of energy. Oh, of course. So, I mean, you think of other cities and we mentioned this before too, St. Louis, yeah. even New Orleans. I mean, they're next to the Mississippi, this right, powerful right. body of water. So you it's, know. it's interesting. One of the things so, when I'm teaching people it, coping it, skills. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. Oh, okay. I was just going to ask. So tonight is the 51 year anniversary of the Tate murders. Yeah. Because her and, you know, her friends, J.C. Bring, uh, Abigail Folger, and Wojciech, and Steve Parent, unfortunately. Um, I mean, they were killed between 8th and 9th. Oh, right, uh, the 8th right. and the ninth. Yeah. Yeah. So today is the anniversary. And he always has, like, a little dinner and seance, mm-hmm. you know, the night right. of. So um, we'll see what happens. But it's, it's a very small crowd of us, you know. Go we're on. always coming with our masks. Like, when we went last there last weekend we are you gonna be live streaming at all and stuff so on anything um i think i might live I'm, oh, I, I okay. think I'm gonna and bryce you'll be there right for sure i'm um, <laughs> <In> spirit <laughs> oh <laughs> are you so are you is this your yeah. guys is this your first time on get vocal yes Oh, it's my oh, first, uh, okay. second time. I'm actually. telling you, if you if you will start your own Get Vocal channel, I will be a I will be a subscriber. I think you guys should be on here <laughs> as well as your podcast. Okay, this has been a great forum for us to connect with listeners, and you know, you never know what to expect. It's yeah, a great absolutely. medium, so yeah, please. A lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, Get Vocal, yeah. TikTok. I mean, there are all these like great social media hosts and stuff. Uh, I just want to say, too, um, according to uh, the Dark Zone Productions emailed me, and they are going to be doing a four-day live streaming event like they did oh. with The Conjuring House from August the 28th through the 31st no at the Lizzie Borden House. Mm-hmm. So if you go on 
So if you go on their website, darkzone.com, you can buy tickets. I think they're $20, but it gives you a four-day, 24-access into every single oh, room wow. in the Lizzie Warden house. So go and check them out. Just wanted to drop that because they contacted me. They're like, I know. Hey, I, I, like, the 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 contract contract. I was like, Tammy! <laughs> <laughs> Right. I was there. I was like, Propping your eyes open to watch all day. That house, that house was insane. You see things in front of you occurring and you saw, you heard voices. It was crazy. Um, David Omen is doing another one too on the 20, I think in the 23rd to the 25th of August as well. He's doing a two day live streaming from the Omen house. So he'll be, um, posting, um, links for, I do watch tickets on his website, little Beetlejuice figures. Yeah. Yeah. When we were there, we were in the second floor and we heard a loud, like it was a thud. And then we went back on the camera. I'm going to wait till the live streaming to present this footage, but you see it. I've never seen it happen. Oh, uh, David has never seen it happen, but the figure on his fish tank went like, like that. It was humongous force. I have, it, it didn't tap forward. It was like someone wow. like smacked it off of it and you could right. hear it. It was, and you felt it too. Ooh. It was like, what was that? Huh? So it, we have that footage. I'll be presenting it on our we'll Instagram for during his we, live stream. I think we've so. set people up oh, for yeah. a creepy Saturday <laughs> rest of your night or morning, wherever yeah. you are in the world. Uh, you're welcome. Um, pay a little tribute to mm-hmm. Sharon Tate and her friends tonight. If you have a moment to just Think about them. Um, and thank you guys mm. so yes. much for joining it's us. It's so good to see you guys. I oh, I think right. COVID. Good to just, see you. We hang you out so and grab much. a meal mm. or coffee and mm. chat. So Well, the Grove has lots of air. I just met a friend at Cafe Marmalade in the Grove. Everybody was wearing masks. All of the restaurant mm-hmm. tables outside have tons of airflow. You can socially distance and still have a drink. So let's plan something let's soon. Let's no, serious. I, I really miss you guys. I, I that's so funny that you guys mentioned do cars in the very right? beginning. I'm like, right? I miss that. Yes. So we did way back in October really of 2018. Do. We did a crossover episode on The Exorcist. So we yep. talked about all of the true crime related to that movie, yes. as well as paranormal aftermath um, with you guys. So folks, go on back to our archives from almost two years ago and check that out, please. That's, I can't believe it was almost two years ago. Oh, yes. Uh, time is irrelevant now anyway, but it's crazy. Well, and thank you everyone else who is in the room Mm -hmm. with us for joining us. We appreciate it as always. And um, we'll see you guys in two weeks back here on Get Vocal. Thank you. Mm. Bye. Bye guys. Bye. Bye guys.